This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show. The best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. He's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers, Mike Van Dees joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? That's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weight. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, our guest here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the major mortgage man cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, happy Friday. The Jason Walker Show. Presented by Capital Collision Center. Montana Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center. Here inside the Major Mortgage Man Cave on a finally Friday. Big show today. Jim Carr is going to join us, the NAI president and CEO. We're going to talk the name image likeness passage that it passed this week in the NAI, well before NCAA. Um, so, and uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, the spring kind of schedule as well. And also Drenda Neiman will join us coming up here uh, shortly. Drenda is the uh, health officer at uh, Lewis and Clark County Public Health. And uh, we'll talk to her. Um, there's I got some great questions for her. So Drenda Neiman's going to join us coming up shortly. Also going to have my predictions for the week and uh, much more. On this day in history, the walk-off, and uh, like I said, much more coming up. But we begin with our daily COVID update. Montana reporting 715 new cases today. That is a uh, second most uh, all-time so far. 17,399 confirmed cases since March. 10,863 have recovered. 6,330 active cases. 266 currently in the hospital and 206 deaths. 1,377 in Yellowstone County. 1,013 in the Flathead. Yep. So now we have two counties in Montana with over 1,000 active cases. 568 Cascade, 527 Missoula, 396 Gallatin, 441 Glacier. Lewis and Clark, 166. 50 in Jefferson. 107 Silver Bow, 96 um, Deer Lodge, 5 in Powell, 199 Roosevelt, 125 Hill, 84 Blaine, 159 Bighorn, 84 Rosebud. I see two, two of the 56 counties currently with no active cases in the state of Montana. And a lot in double figures. 69 up in uh, Lincoln County, too. So There you go. That's your daily COVID update. Big games tonight. We'll talk uh, more. We have your predictions coming up. Also, I want to give this. So, Haver, this uh, Josh Margolis, a uh, reporter up in Haver, says the, uh, according to his Twitter, and this just came out recently, uh, like half hour ago. The Haver Public School Board is holding an emergency meeting due to an increase in COVID-19, straining the hybrid learning model. 144 students and 25 staff in the district are either COVID-19 positive or in quarantine right now. This is in Haver. They're uh, also deciding what to do with uh, sports. It appears as if tonight's football game, Haver and Harden, will happen because Harden's most of the way there, or should be. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of going on, including one board member who has been mentioning to athletic director that the student-sanctioned at football games has not been socially distanced. This is in Haver. Um, football games, not social distance. At Haver, 
So something to keep an eye on. Um, and folks, look, it's not fear porn. It's just only going to get worse. I mean, we know this. Don't You don't have to live in fear, but just be smart, right? Just be smart. Wear a mask, social distance. That's all you have to do. And again, small percentage of people in the state. But we'll talk to Drenda Neiman coming up here in, a, in uh, a few minutes. There is a boatload of games canceled. Like last week, I think we had 12. So far, uh, Big Fork Anaconda not playing. Polson and Stevensville not playing. So Big Fork and Polson are, are going to play. A Class A and a Class uh, B, which is really cool. So Polson gets to have its um, homecoming tonight with Big Fork as the uh, the opponent. All right, so there's two. Laurel Glendive, canceled. Butte Central Browning, canceled. Bozeman Belgrade, canceled. Wolf Point Conrad, postponed. Deer Lodge Cutbank, Ford Fitted. Uh, Huntley Poplar, canceled. That's just... Football, uh, volleyball, then Geyser Stanford at Grass Range Win It canceled. And we told you yesterday, we broke the news actually first, that uh, all Grass Range and Win It activities uh, postponed or canceled through the 19th of this month. Uh, other volleyball this uh, tonight, to this weekend, Gallatin and West canceled. That's interesting, or postponed. That's an interesting one. Um, Grass Range, uh, win it, uh, along with Fromberg. Let's see. Um, is there any more for tomorrow? How about, about Hot Springs winning last night? And then they turn around and, well, play tomorrow with a, apparently a conference title on the line. They'll play at... White Sulphur Springs tomorrow, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, it should be a great game, too. Let's see. What other uh, what other games we got canceled? Big game uh, tonight in Jefferson, Three Forks and uh, the Panthers. We'll get, that's one of our uh, predictions tonight. We'll give you that uh, coming up. Why am I not uh, seeing what I want to see, which is... Oh, fun stuff. You know, technology is so good when it works, right? So good when it works. Um, is there no football game tomorrow? There's got to be. Anyway, so we gave you a couple of the cancellations. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Because uh, when we do, um, we're going to talk public health. And we're going to talk with health officer Drenda Neiman. We're going to ask her, what's the difference between protests and rallies and sporting events? What's the, what's, the, what's the protocol when the guy who sits in the governor's seat and is running for state senate doesn't wear a mask when he's supposed to? What's the protocol? When the governor doesn't even wear a mask, when he's the one that put out the mandate to wear a mask, I've got I've seen pictures. This isn't made up crap. This is actual truth. The governor of Montana not wearing a mask at sporting events, multiple. Is that right, Stevie B? Do as I say, not as I do? Why, why, why don't you have to wear your mask, Governor Bullock? When everybody else in the state does, at least in counties of four or more, that's your mandate. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more later on. Jason Walker Show coming right back. Drendan Neiman joins us. We're presented by Capital Collision Center. 
Montana law says it's your choice and it's or it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have your vehicle repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center. Today's vehicles are complicated. You got all these safety features, which are great. But how do you fix everything? If you've been in an accident, well, manufacturers have a repair manual for repairs of their vehicles. They spent millions of, the, of, of dollars to achieve safety ratings and want those vehicles properly repaired to their specification. Well, Capital Collision is one of the first shops in the country to become manufacturer certified, requiring special training and equipment to be on those programs. It's extremely important to Capital Collision Center, your vehicle's properly repaired to those manufacturer repair requirements to maintain the safety and value of your vehicle. Choose Capital Collision Center. Right back, Drenda Neiman next, Jason Walker Show. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Fall is officially here, and now is the perfect time to get your rig tuned up before the big hunt. That means a lift kit from Auto Concepts. An Auto Concepts lift kit will help take you places only the animals can go. And when you do get that big one, make sure you have help to get a home with a winch to pull it out. Or maybe you'll be a good friend and help pull someone out of the snowbank. Check out AutoConceptsHelena.com for more ideas. Auto Concepts, the auto enhancement professionals. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work. Then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. Mark LaRoe, photography.com. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Oh, it is a finally Friday Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. Jim Carr, NAI President and CEO, is going to join us coming up in uh, a little bit. Talk to him about the passage of the name, image, and likeness, which helps student-athletes. They can they can sell themselves. Like, we could sponsor somebody like and give them money. Well, we could, but... We have to have money. <laughs> oh, goodness. On this day in history, the walk-off, so much more. Uh, we got a special um, viewer today on the on the, on the the Facebook channel. By the way, you can watch on Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter. You can uh, listen, Podbean, Network One Sports, JasonWalkerShow.com. Um, Bob, my son, is uh, checking in at Manhattan, Kansas. What are you doing in Manhattan, Kansas? He's supposed to be at Fort Riley. Oh, it's the weekend. They're probably out hanging out, having a good time. Um, when he comes home for the holidays, and good Lord willing, we're still on the air, um, we'll have him sit in. 
We, we're like not like Donald Trump sitting in for Rush Limbaugh. I'm not going to let him host the show. That's <laughs> no. I uh, I like what I do. Anyway, uh, all right. So this week there's been some interesting dialogue. There was an order sent by Helena Police Department to Tim McMahon, director of act, uh, activities at Helena Public Schools, saying, "Look, dude, you got to do a better job. Schools have to do a better job. Parents have to do a better job." And again. And it caused a lot of controversy this week here on the show and elsewhere. It's not all parents that are being jerks or being selfish. That was the word I used. I'll use it again. And I'll own it. It's a small percentage of people that refuse to wear their mask at sporting events or social distance. Like Steve Bullock, the governor who's running for Senate. He apparently thinks he doesn't have to wear a mask. Just because he's the governor. I wonder if he's related to Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi's nephew. Because they all kind of seem to think the same. Like, do as I say, not as I do. I'd like to get the governor, I'd like to get Governor Bullock on to ask him if he was set up at any of these sporting events where he's been photographed without. And I, I promise I wouldn't share them yet. But I do have photos. Anyway, enough of that for now. <laughs> Drenda Neiman is the health officer for the public health department. And she's come under fire a lot from parents who feel that she doesn't have the power to make orders. We're going to ask her about that as she joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Drendan Neiman. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Um, this is this is a weird time, Drenda, and um, you you and I kind of have something in common. We've been upsetting um, parents left and right in this town, but uh, it's more serious on your end. But how are you overall? Yeah, thanks for that question. You know, this is a it's a tough time for public health in that we have a, a really important job to do, but it's a, it's a job that not a lot of um, community members really understand. Um, you know, it, it, before this pandemic hit, um, public health was kind of that agency that does work behind the curtain. And, um, you know, we do a lot of really great things for um, to support pregnant women and breastfeeding women and um, parents with new babies and, uh, we do a lot of work around tobacco prevention and cancer prevention, and we do a lot of great environmental health work, uh, keeping our water clean and are working on air quality issues and, you know, communicable disease, certainly. We have sanitarians that typically spend an awful lot of time um, working with restaurants, making sure that their processes and protocols are keeping um, p- keeping our public safe when they uh, go to restaurants and have dinner with their families. And so um, that all that work, though, um, has in the, in the past been real behind the curtain and not really out in the open. And so now that public health has been put kind of at the forefront of this pandemic and the work that we're doing to contain the virus in our community is, is really changing. We're asking people to change the way they live their lives. Um, you know, a lot of that backlash, of course, will come back our way because of that. So it, it's been rough. We have an amazing team here at the health department that, and uh, public health professionals with so many years of experience that um, we just stick together and um, we check each other to make sure that uh, we are making good data-driven, evidence-based decisions about what's going on in our community and how we can help to um, really contain and keep the virus from spreading like wildfire and impacting people's health and um, God forbid we lose any more neighbors and family members in our community. So, Trenda Neiman, our guest here, Jason Walker Show, uh, the public health officer for Lewis and Clark County. All right. Um, normally, you work with the governor and, and governor's office in, in general about, you know, obviously the stuff you just named, you know, clean water and, and all of that, everything that has to do with public health. This is different. This is a, something none of us have ever seen before. Not one of us was alive for the Spanish flu 102 years ago or whatever. Um, but the governor's office or the governor's directive, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
issue or made the public health offices across the state in each county. He gave he basically did he give you the 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 freeway the the freedom and leeway to to you know not make laws but come up with solutions and rules and and protocols. You know, um, the governor has definitely been a partner in all of this, but we Title 50 in our Montana code, which has been there for a long time, um, gives public health the authority and has always given the public health the authority to protect against um, issues uh, viruses just like this. Okay. Um, so this is not a this is not new authority that public health has. It's just this is the first time we've actually had to really put it in action in the way that we have um, community-wide. Typically, um, our authority gets used when um, a restaurant's not doing the right thing. They're not um, keeping people safe by using good sanitary protocols within their restaurant. We have the authority to to go in and um, shut them down if they're not willing to make changes necessary to protect public health. That's an example of what we may have to do and how we could, how we would need to use our authority to then protect public health. Um, HIV is another situation where we have authority to hold individuals accountable who have HIV and are choosing to expose other people without their knowledge. Um, we we step in and um, and essentially contain the, the virus from spreading by working with that individual. And essentially we, we, you know, we have to take the rights away essentially because they, um, they could expose and put other people's lives in danger. So uh, this is not new to public health. It's what's new to public health is the the size of the issue. This pandemic is um, definitely a bigger situation than we've had to deal with, like you said, since the Spanish influenza. So the size of the um, size and the extent of the situation of the emergency is, um, is just much bigger, okay. but we use our authority on a pretty regular basis to protect people's health. I got you. Uh, Cause I was reading on, uh, you can go to lccountymt.gov and, and find this. Um, it has to do with masks in schools and disease control, but, um, so I think you were, you were section 50. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, is that the Montana, Montana code annotated the section 50 dash one dash one Oh one and two Oh two. Is that, is that it essentially? Yeah, okay. Yep, that title, yep, title okay. 50 in the Montana code. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it also adds in addition under the governor's direction, the department of public health and human services may quote issue written orders for correction conditions of public health importance, um, isolation and quarantine, end quote. So, I mean, this isn't something, you know, that you guys are just doing out there willy-nilly. It's not. It, it, this is why public health exists. Public health exists to protect our the residents of our county uh, from disease. And um, the authority given to us in Montana Code, we, we take very seriously. Um, this is not something that we um, use willy-nilly, I guess, to use your words. Right. Um, we take it very seriously, and um, and yes, the the governor also has the authority, which he has um, enacted his authority along the way. The the, um, the stay-at-home order, uh, phase one, phase two of his reopening plan, um, that's also in his uh, authority to do that. And um, we certainly appreciate that because this is not just a Lewis and Clark public health issue; right. it's a statewide, countrywide, worldwide. So having his leadership along the way and his ability to do statewide, um, consistent, standardized approaches has helped. Um, but it, it does come down to what's going on right here in Lewis and Clark County and what do we need to do as a health department to protect the people who live here. Trenda uh, Neiman, our guest here, Mike Miller, State Farm Hotline. Um, what do you say to those people that that argue their constitutional rights are being infringed upon, uh, especially by somebody like yourself who um, not elected to your position, you were voted on by the board. Right. So uh, a couple things. Um, first of all, we'll, we'll tackle the, the I'm not an elected official piece first. Please do. So yes. absolutely I'm not, and I shouldn't be, because elected officials 
Um, they are in their positions, and, and it's really important that they listen to their constituents. And it, it's public opinion that sways their work most of the time. And in a public health emergency or around public health work, we have to use our professional expertise to make decisions, not public opinion. We have to make decisions based on facts and science, not public opinion, which really is the, it's really important that this position is not elected. Okay. However, I do answer to the Board of Health, and the Board of Health has elected officials that sit on it, as right. well as other expertise. So we have Commissioner Hunhausen from the county, as well as Mayor Collins from the city, and we have a representative from East Helena as well that answers to the East Helena Commission or Council. Gotcha. So I am I am not without checks and balances. I have right. a board no, of health, and, and I appreciate that. I wanted I wanted to uh, to clear that because I've never met you. I don't really know what your job is. Um, so that's why I just wanted to ask that question and 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 go from there. So I'm not I'm not trying yeah, to yeah. to dig or you know throw any throw anybody under the bus here. No, I think it's really it's a I think it was a really important question to answer because most of the public doesn't understand how that works um, and why it's really important that my position's not an elected um, an elected position. So so remind me what was your other question? Um, oh, constitutional rights being infringed upon. Oh. Yeah, good. That's another really great question. And so our, you know, our, our constitution says that we have rights, but with rights come responsibility. And so I'll use smoking as an example, just because it's something that we uh, in public health work so hard on up to this point, And we have now kind of changed our culture around it. But um, at one point, we um, smoking was allowed in public places, like a restaurant, for example. So um, the person's right to smoke in that restaurant only goes as far as um, infringing on somebody else's right to not inhale secondhand smoke. So let's relate that back to this pandemic and what we're dealing with in our community is a person's right to be out and about without a mask on only goes as far as their their infringement on the another person's right to remain healthy. And so the mask itself is a tool that's used to contain a person's droplets from um, going out into the air and being breathed in by the people around them. So it's it's a per, so again a person's right. Um, only go as far as infringing on somebody else's. Right. And with every right we have, we have to remember that we also have a responsibility. And we have to take that responsibility seriously. And right now, our responsibility is to our community, to each other, taking care of each other, keeping each other safe and healthy. And so that's my answer. Okay. When it comes to, to the people who are really standing on their rights and their freedoms, they also need to remember that with that, they have a responsibility to their neighbor. Trying to name in our guest here, Jason Walker. Joe, uh, okay, a couple specific questions here now. Over the, the last few weeks, we've dealt with some stuff. Um, explain the difference or what the difference is between the 250-person limit in the county as opposed to schools being able to have sporting events with, you know, the, the two people or two parents or – is there a difference? Because I know when it first came out, the the, the Tim McMahon had to sub, submit, or the schools had to submit a, a plan. You guys had to approve it. I mean, how did all this work, and and what's the difference in the two hundred and fifty? Yeah, so we put an order in place back in July um, here in Lewis and Clark County that limits groups, gatherings, and events, and um, for any group and gathering over fifty, because the governor's directive allows groups up to fifty. So anything between 50 and then a cap at 250. So this is any kind of a group gathering or an event. Um, the, the order is in place to make sure that those events are happening safely. And we know that the more people you put together in one space, that the risk goes up for the transmission of the virus. So the purpose of the order 
is to um, really eliminate or reduce the risk, rather. Reduce the risk of that virus being transmitted from person to person in a situation where you have a lot of people that are together. And so um, the, the controversy or the, the question that came up when school started again was the difference between um, the athletes themselves on the field and the coaches and the officials and the trainers and the spectators. And at the time, our order mixed it all together, which meant that anything over 50, everyone had to physically distance, which wouldn't allow the kids to play their sport. So we had to go in and amend our order to allow kids to participate in their activities. They would be considered their own um, youth activity, not subject to our order. The spectators, though, are an event. They are a a gathering. Okay. And so... Um, they are subject to the order, and they have to follow the requirements of the order, which first and foremost, a plan that needs to be in place that has all of the um, the protocols and practices in place to keep people safe in that event. Um, everyone is required to wear um, a face covering based on the governor's directive. Everyone needs to be physically distanced, um, and that plan has to be followed during the course of the event. So. And that's kind of the difference and why that, that change happened over the course of, of those months there when school started. Gotcha. And then recently we obviously, I mean, we've seen it in the news, Drenda, the, 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 you guys issued a corrective order to the public schools and, and Tim McMahon, um, some anonymous complaints that came in. And does it matter if they're anonymous or not? Let me get that out of, answered real quick first. It doesn't matter if it's anonymous or not. If a complaint comes in, we're going to check into it, look into it. Um, So the complaints we've had, so we have a a three-step enforcement process. And the first first complaint that comes in, we always start with an education call. And so what that looks like is, hey, what's your plan look like? Can we help you um, improve your plan? Are some protocols not working the way you intended them to work when we first put the plan together? And let's figure out a way to get to, to tighten it up and do better. And then um, we hope in the majority of the time that does the trick. Um, most things are resolved and people go about their day. If we get a second complaint, um, the second, our second step in the process is a corrective action order, um, an order of corrective action. And so this is a more formal letter that is delivered by law enforcement that essentially says, um, you are required to do these things in order to make the correction. And so we, in conversation with Tim McMahon and the school district, he said, he, he said yes, we are struggling with um, spectators following the rules. We have a, they have an excellent plan in place. Their plan is solid. And they have a really good enforcement plan in place as well um, that needed to be tightened up a little bit. And so essentially what Tim was doing was walking through the stands and reminding people, hey, you need to wear your mask and hey, you need to physically distance. And so now um, we've asked him to no more remind, no more reminders. So, um, so does that mean kick to, people out or cancel yeah, events? Yeah. At this point, he, he's, they're just not going to remind anymore. Okay. So if you, if, Spectators are not willing to follow the rules, wear, wear a face covering, and um, keep their distance at, at an event, then he's just going to ask them to leave. And um, it likely they'll lose their spectator pass altogether if, if in fact, um, the district determines that that's the step that needs to happen. Okay. Um, they are committed to making that uh, the safest situation possible. So... The, you know, a couple people that are choosing not to follow the rules are putting everyone in that right. situation at risk. Yep. And, not and only at risk of not having, not being able to watch their kids play, but at, they're putting each other at risk for the transmission of the disease, which and, is what we're trying to And prevent. it's 99.9% of these parents that are behaving properly and following the rules. I mean, let's, 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 let's cover that real quick. It's just a few, yeah. you know, minor uh, bad uh, people. Uh, Drenda, let me ask, and I don't know if you can answer this or not, but uh, can you give me the specific dates that some of these uh, sporting events supposedly 
or allegedly were um, complained about? Yeah, uh, we keep a log. We keep a log of when the complaint comes in and then what the details of the complaint is. I'm on this call today. I don't have those in front of me, okay. but we definitely keep we keep that documentation. It's really important that we document all of the right. calls that come in and, is that and then our, our response to that. It is. If people are interested okay. in uh, to know more, um, if people choose to, to put a complaint in anonymously, then you're not going to, I mean, there's not that, there's not an, inf- there's not going to be information about who called right. or what number they called from. Um, so, um, there, you know, we do keep the information about, um, you know, at what, at what time and at what event and, um, you know, as much detail as we can because we, we, the, the idea ultimately is work back with the event organizers to make the correction. You know, I, this right. is not meant to be punitive. Our job is to protect our community from the spread of a virus. Yep. And the, the best way to do that is to make sure everybody is following these really simple guidelines right now. And so um, we're, we're doing that to the best of our ability by working in partnership with our event organizers, mostly. Brenda Neiman, our guest here. A couple final questions. I know you're busy, but um, this is really good info, and, and, and nobody seems to have the answers that you're giving right now, which is great because everybody wants to just immediately, you know, start barking at each other, so to speak. Um, so off, off your – Top of your head, can you remember? Was it football, soccer, volleyball? I mean, where, where what were the complaints? What were the sports? Yeah, I, um, off the top of my head, I know that there was definitely a complaint came in on football, um, and then maybe if it, maybe soccer. I can't remember the. Okay. the no, that's fine. I it just, was a couple different sports. It was I, a couple I, different sports. It okay. wasn't all one sport. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. The what's the difference between protests and rallies and sporting events, or is there? When it comes to there numbers no. and, and a mask mandate, yeah, there is no difference. Okay, um, every, they're all considered an event, and okay. they're all subject to the order. There's no difference. The difference is is that some event organizers are willing to put a plan in and work with us, and some are willing to put a plan in work with us but not follow it. So, I mean, those are that's what we're dealing with. Is, gotcha. Um, those types of situ- situations, but. Um, anytime you're gathering more than 50 people together, they're subject to the order. So no more than 250. Everyone has to wear a face covering. Everyone has to physically distance. And they have to have a plan that is operationalized at the time of the event. The plan can't go out the window as soon as the, the event starts to happen. They have to follow the plan. When you get a, a complaint, and whether it's anonymous or not, is there an investigation? Is it like, and I know you said there's a three-step process, but like an actual investigation, do you guys try to get video or, or photographic evidence or anything like that? Yeah, that first complaint, it, it's typically just a conversation with okay. the event or, or with the organizer or the business. In the, in the case of an event, that's difficult. Our three-step process kind of goes out the window when it comes to a, a one-time event. So what, what happens instead is a complaint will come in at the time of the event, either here to the health department or to the police department. Then the police will go out and they'll okay. observe and document the situation, turn that all over to the county attorney's office for follow-up. Uh, law enforcement will not um, try to stop an event at this point, So, which is it, uh, unfortunate only because... From a public health perspective, the kind of the damage is being done um, as far as the spread of the disease at the time of the event. And so if dealing with um, any kind of a repercussion after the fact from our, it's like, okay, well, yeah, we'll follow up and yeah, we'll work with the county attorney's office, but really the damage is done. Like the virus has had an opportunity in that environment to spread which means that we're going to have cases, which means that we could have serious illness and potential death that comes when we get a bunch of people together. And then, and it's not done safely. Um, Tuesday, I believe it was, in his press conference, Governor Bullock said that to his knowledge, no COVID cases have been linked to spectators at sporting events, uh, not only in Montana, but Lewis and Clark County. Is that pretty accurate still? Yeah, we, um, again, we, we don't have an epidemiologist at the local level, but from our analysis of the of the data that we have, um, we are not we are not seeing a connection back to 
spectators at a sporting event at this time, which okay. is good news. No, and that, no, that's great news. We want, I mean, in, especially for me as a sports talk show host, I need, I need sports to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, okay, this is going to be kind of maybe a tough question for you to answer. Um, the governor issued the mask mandate, counties over four, and it doesn't matter whatever, you, the event, you have to wear your mask, um, whether you're going to the grocery store or whatever it is. What would you say about, or what do you say um, if, if there, you know, the governor himself is not wearing a mask at sporting events? So it's a requirement, and we would expect that the governor wear a, a face covering just like we're, we're expecting everyone else to wear a face covering when we're out in, in a public space. That face covering is, is our way of protecting the people around us by containing our droplets. And so we would hold anybody accountable to that. Um, the mask mandate has been difficult to enforce, um, mo- mostly because we, it's difficult to enforce one person at a time. So we, we typically hold the event organizer accountable or the business accountable that's not enforcing the mandate. So if we have a business in town that just refuses to require and people are, are coming in without using a mask, then we'll, we work back with that business okay. to make that correction so that they will um, make it a requirement for customers to put their face covering on before they come in. Same with an event. That's the expectation of the event organizer to make sure that that mask is, is worn during the, the course of the event. So gotcha. it's a tough, it's a tough one. And you know, like I, like I said earlier, enforcement of all of this has been a, a real struggle from the very beginning. And so, and I've heard the governor say it and, and, and I'll say it too. It, we, it really just comes down to people doing the right thing right now. Well, and I've been it's saying that very, too. Very, just wear a mask and social distance. If you want to have events, if you want to have sports, just follow the, the two basic rules. I mean, and again, we're not picking on everybody in the, in the County and everybody at a sporting event, not all parents. It's just, it's a small, small group. Yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a simple gesture that we can all do to say, "Hey, I care about you." So, so let's live in that world instead of <laughs> one where nice? we're talking about it. <laughs> yeah, instead of one that we're talking about enforcement and you know corrective action orders and citations. Let's just do it because we care about each other, and and we want to make it through this pandemic alive. Let's do that. Has this been the most challenging six months of your your your, your service here? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I've I've worked in public health for twelve years. Um, I've only been the health officer for just over two. Okay. Um, and so I so appreciate having um, consultation with the state department of public health. Um, all of the other health officers in the other counties, we we talk weekly, if not more often, so that um, we can we can support each other and help each other through. Um, but you know, at, at the end of the day, um, I'm in public health for a reason, and it's because I believe in what we do. I believe that we make a real difference in uh, making sure that we have a healthy environment um, and a healthy community to raise our families and for our kids to grow up in. And, and to live and play and work, um, that's why I'm here, and that's why I do it, and that's what gets me out of bed coming to work every day. <laughs> is that we we have a we have a really important job right now, and um, I would just really appreciate public support um, for the work that we're doing because it's not an easy job, and um, they we are having to make really hard decisions, and it impacts people's lives, and you know it. Yeah. We know that that people in this community are are absolutely impacted and they're sacrificing every day. Um, we have people out of work. We have people that are relying on the food bank for food. We know that. We know that. Um, I, I also need our community to understand that public health's job is to contain this virus without a, without a vaccine. We have very few options and very few tools. So we have to, we have to, we have to keep our distance and we have to wear our face coverings and we have to stay um, avoid those large group gatherings because those are the only tools we have right now. I, and I, then oh, as, a com- as, a commun- as a community, if we support each other through it, we'll make it through. Like the, the 
um, people that are really struggling financially and emotionally and mentally right now, if we support each other through it, we're, we're going to, we'll make it through. We'll get through this. I, I know I've taken up a lot of your time, but I promise last two questions. One, okay. do you wish there was a, uh, the, that every county in the state, or is it even possible for every county in the state to have the same exact mandate and rules and orders? I think that having the um, phase one, phase two directives that the governor's put forth has been really helpful. Um, at this point, we really, I do agree with him that in some way that making decisions at the local level makes a lot of sense because what we're seeing in our community and in our county may be very different than what Gallatin County and Bozeman is seeing. Um, they have a different population there. And so their strategy, because right now what we're, what we're looking at for the future as far as um, any other type of mitigation strategies that we may need to, to implement, um, we, have to, we have to use our data. We have to understand where, it's, where the spread and exposure is happening and use a more scalpeled approach instead of more of a broad sweeping stay-at-home order. What we're going to start to see is um, in, in counties, we're going to look at our data and say, okay, exposures are happening mostly in this type of an environment. Let's make an adjustment to that environment specifically so that we're not having to impact the entire community and absolutely everything that's going on. Um, if we're having problems with bars and casinos, for example, which is what I'm hearing Gallatin County is struggling with their bars and casinos, we might see them actually um, target in a, a mitigation strategy specific to that environment. Um, here in our community, um, a, a commonality that we're seeing among all of our um, cases recently is um, going, going to restaurants. Mm. And so if we were to think about um, a potential mitigation strategy um, as we move through this and we continue to see the spike in cases, what could we do in that environment to make it safer so that we don't see continued spread, possibly? I'm using it as an example. Gotcha. Uh, okay, last question, and I, pr I appreciate your time. You've been, you've been more than generous. Um, are you a fan? I mean, you're a, are you a fan of sports and want sports to happen? I am, and I do. I'm a um, student. I was a student athlete myself, and um, I have two two boys that um, have played sports and continue to play sports. And I am a fan, and I love. And I think it's so important that, especially right now, you know, there's so much that's been taken away from all of us because of this pandemic. Kids, um, they need that outlet. They really do. And so, if it can be done safely which I believe that in, in many cases it can be. I'm worried about wrestling. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. have to be honest. Yep, no, I was too. worried about football too. Yeah, I, we, were, we were worried about football, but it seems like we're making it through football season with, um, few, with few incidences, few cases that have come out of football. So, But, yeah, I, I really want our kids to be able to participate in their activities. I know it's going to keep them engaged right now. It's going to give them something positive to look forward to. It's going to keep their health, their minds and bodies healthy and strong. So I don't I don't want to see them lose it. So um, the the way we can protect that for the kids, we want them to be in school and we want them to be able to participate in their activities. And the way our community can make sure that that happens is to follow the public health guidelines so that we keep our case count low. If everybody's doing their part, kids will stay in school and they'll be able to do their activities. That's a, that's a good way to end it. Drenda Neiman, Lewis and Clark County Public Health Officer. I appreciate your time, like I said, um, and uh, we'll probably check in with you down the road just to see, you know, now that now that we've talked, now that I can, uh, uh, we'll get you on, and, and I have so many more questions to ask you. Um, I could go on for hours probably, um, but I appreciate the time. Keep up uh, the, work, uh, the good work, and uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for inviting me on, and I'm happy to come back again. Drenda Neiman, the uh, health officer for Lewis and, Clark, uh, Lewis and Clark County Public Health. Um, I hope that answers some questions that I know a lot of parents had this week and some issues that had arised at, at sporting events. Um, I, re I, 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 did, I do, I, and we'll have her on again. Look, I, you know, I, and I, I thought there were some tough questions in there, and if you disagree, let me know. We'll talk about it next week. 
Um, for sure. But uh, there you go. Uh, Drenda Neiman joining us. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're actually going to move. Uh, Jim Carr, nice enough to uh, to know that we uh, ran a little long with Drenda. But I, I figured the local health department issues were more important than uh, NAI at this point. So Jim Carr, nice enough to move the next week. So we'll talk to Jim Carr next week. Uh, about the uh, name image likeness that has been passed. Quick break. When we come back, we uh, got your predictions and uh, on this day in history and a whole lot more coming up. Jason Walker Show presented by Capital Collision Center. Come right back. Hang on. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle, and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rutgers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rutgers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta Eye Comfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $289. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Do you love to look at photos of Montana from animals to landscapes and more? Are you looking for a place to get your senior pictures or family portraits done? Are you a business owner looking to upgrade the decor in your offices? Well, look no further than Mark LaRoe Photography. Mark has been shooting beautiful photos all across the Treasure State from rodeos to portraits and would love to work with you. Visit MarkLaRoePhotography.com to see many masterpieces of his work. Then give him a call to schedule your own photo shoot. Or to purchase one of his fantastic pieces, stop by Spirit of the Big Sky Gallery on Custer in Helena. MarkLaRoePhotography.com Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show. Jason Walker here, and I want to tell you about a great place that's going to make you feel better in just an hour. Ocean Spirit Massage. From deep tissue to hot stone and more, Ocean Spirit Massage will get your sore, tired muscles feeling like new. Whether you overdid it working out, hiking the hills, playing golf, whatever it is, or even if you're pregnant, you will walk away feeling better than you have in years. Book now for yourself or make it a couple's massage. And gift certificates are always available as well. Visit OceanSpiritMassage.com or call 417-0542. You know, here's the thing about Jason Walker Show back. Here's the thing about people. Is you can have an instructive interview and somebody's still going to be pissed off. Well, you, that's. <laughs> I work. I don't, I just, I'm just. I'm in, I'm just, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even come up with a word. Okay, I just gotta, I gotta, uh, uh. all right. There are certain things 
How do I want to phrase this? I'm not, you know what, we're, we want, it's Friday. I want to end on a good mood. I want to end on a good day, okay? Um, just not everything is political, folks. Not everything, not, not everything is out to get you, okay? Good Lord. I mean, for, oh. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to piss anybody off, but. God, just stop sometimes and think, people. Anyway, all right. Um, Jim Carr is going to join us next week, president of the NAI. Uh, talk about name, image, likeness, spring schedules, all that. Uh, Jordan Hansen is going to join us. Sam Acho, the former NFL player, is going to join us as well. He's got a new book we're going to talk about. Um, <laughs> I just love people. All right, let's get to predictions. <sighs> all right. Where are we at? Glacier. Let's start with just, we'll, we'll, right off the bat, we'll start with the big one. 4-0 Glacier tonight at 4-0 Hell and a High. It's a big game for both. Yes and no. Seeding, they're, they're all, they're both in the playoffs. So that doesn't matter. It's all going to come down to seeding. Seeding. Mark Longy tuning in from Manhattan. Mark, my good friend and good buddy, you need to have me come talk to your uh, your radio class about sports. Mark Longy, great, great uh, guitarist. Um, he's a pretty decent singer. He used to be in some bands. Um, I used to be a road manager for one of his bands. Uh, was that what, uh, out of the shoot back in the 90s? Holy crap, that was like 25 years ago. God, you're old, Mark. Uh, get a hold of me so you, you can come... I need to come talk to your students. Anyway, Glacier at Helena High. And like I said, big game for both. They're already in the playoffs. This is about seeding now. Both teams can run the ball. The Wolfpack have the advantage a little bit, I think, with Jake Rendina. Both teams can sling it. You got JT Allen. You got Caden Hewitt. Great receivers for both. I'm going to give the edge to the Bengals tonight, though, because of the defense. They've allowed... 18 points all season? Hell in a high wins tonight. You ready for this? 34 to 12. Capitals 1 and 3. Big Sky's 1 and 3. It's a must win for both. Bruins still have to learn how to finish games. It's going to be close. Eagles will win tonight at home 21 17. Three Forks is at Jefferson. It's been a struggle for both. Panthers, though, a little bit better. They're going to get the home win tonight 17 to 10. Glasgow's at Malta. This is a big, big game. I'm picking the Scotties on the road tonight, 35-24. And then you got my powerful power Dutton Brady at Big Sandy. But uh, the Pioneers, number one in the state for a reason. They keep rolling 56-38. So that's your predictions tonight. Go with Helena High, Big Sky, Jefferson, Glasgow, and Big Sandy. And, yes, I will go with Manhattan tonight as well. We'll throw in an extra pick. Uh, who the heck's Manhattan playing? They're going to win. Um, Manhattan's really good. They're my second best team in the state. They're, they're, uh, they are. So, okay. Um, where are we at? You, just people. All right. Today is October the 9th. It is National Leif Erikson Day because on this date in 1000, Leif Erikson discovered, oh, they're at Big Tim. Manhattan's playing Big Timber. Is that at home or on the road? Let me know. Leif Erikson discovered Vinland, possibly Lance O Meadows, Canada, uh, reputedly becoming the first European to reach North America. That's why it is Leif Erikson Day. It is National Moldy Cheese Day. Isn't all cheese technically moldy, right? 1915, Woodrow Wilson becomes the first U.S. president to attend a World Series game. Big Timber at Manhattan. Yeah, Manhattan rolls. Manhattan big. Uh, let's go. I'll throw in a six pick tonight. You ready for this? Manhattan's going to beat Big Timber tonight. I'm going to go 49. 15. How do you like that? Now get me to come talk to your class, Mark. 1921, Babe Ruth hit his first World Series homer on this date. 1928, the Yankees sweep the cards in the 25th World Series. 
become the first to sweep consecutive World Series. Babe Ruth hit three home runs in the game. 1960, Cowboys quarterback Eddie LeBaron, in the first year of the franchise, throws the shortest touchdown pass in history, two inches. 1961, Yankee Whitey Ford breaks Ruth. Uh, Babe Ruth's record of 29 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings in the World Series. Babe had two records broken in 1961. That one. Remember the other one? Roger Maris, 61st home run. Uh, By the way, Whitey Ford passed away today at the age of 91. Uh, We are going to talk with Lindsay Berra next week, Yogi's granddaughter. She's got some great Whitey Ford stories, and she'll share them with us next week. Uh, in this day, 1997, North Carolina's record-winning college basketball coach Dean Smith retired. Happy birthday, Walter O'Malley, born on this date, 1903, the Dodgers team owner. 1953, Tony Shalhoub was born. Who? Well, he was um, the one dude on wings, and then he was Monk. So here's my, this is the only reason I brought this up. I flew, this is sports-related. I was uh, doing radio for Montana State Women in 2000, 2001. So Thanksgiving weekend of 2000. We were in Cancun for a basketball tournament. Got to play uh, the women played Katie Douglas from Purdue, which was she was so silky smooth. I think she was what six one, six two, just awesome. Loved Katie Douglas's game. Anyway, we uh, boarded the plane and it was a big Fokker. Literally, that's the name of the plane. It was a Fokker, big Fokker. Uh, walking through first class to get to our seats, way in the back, there is there's uh, Tony Shalhoub. Uh, with his family in first class. We f- so I flew on the same plane as Monk from Cancun to Mexico City. What the hell was his name on wings? He was the taxi guy. 1855, Isaac Springer patented the sewing machine motor in 1888. The Washington Monument was opened for public admittance for the first time. How cool is that? The Washington Monument. Love the Washington Monument. Um, beautiful. Just love being down in uh, or over in D.C. So awesome. Mark still hasn't gotten back to me on talking to his class, so apparently that's not going to happen. Thanks, buddy. Um, anyway, all right, let's... <laughs> we've had a great week. Great week. Uh, where am I going? I'm trying to find this. Yeah. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. All right, the walk-off is brought to you by Cafe Zydeco. They are open tonight till 8. They are open tomorrow, 9 to 3. You can get breakfast beignets. You can get um, great food, breakfast sandwiches, breakfast wrap. Breakfast is served all day. 625 Euclid in Helena, also in Bozeman and Billings. And uh, what a great show. Drenda Neiman. If you miss anything, you go to jasonwalkershow.com. Now, look, I asked good questions of Drenda. And... It's actually amazing what people think they know, but they don't know. And it's fun. It's just funny. All right, big big times today. Uh, Drendan Eamon joining us. Nicole Ragoni uh, yesterday. We also talked to Scott Evans, uh, Lindsay or Lacey and Rachel, part of the Bradshaw bunch. Hope you watched it last night. Uh, Sean Ryan, Sam Herder. We talked to Jordy Hansen, Danny Sprinkle. And um, a whole bunch. Of, oh, and Kyle Mahelish. We talked to him, too. So it was a great week here on the Jason Walker Show. Next week, uh, Sam Ocho is going to join us. Uh, played for the Bears, I believe. Uh, he's gotten a book uh, coming out. And it's really interesting why he wrote this book. And I, I can't wait to get to it. But Sam Ocho is going to join us next week. And uh, on Tuesday, Jordy Hansen on Monday. Jim Carr will be back next week. Uh, we'll join him, the NAIA president, Nicole Ragoni. We'll talk more football. And uh, we'll see who we can piss off next week. Okay? Because uh, I mean, it's what we do. Hope you had a great week. Oh, my gosh. It's finally Friday. Celebrate. I'm going to tell you that's ice water. What the hell? I'm not on radio. It's not. It's not at all. We're going to leave you a look, a live look, thanks to EarthCam, at the Washington Monument. This is from the Washington Monument. 
because it was uh, what whatever on this date in 1888, open for public admittance. Oops. Go back to it. There you go. Washington Monument. Um, big wins tonight. Big games tonight. Stay safe, everybody. Here's the deal. We're going to start this over. Wear your damn mask and social distance. Literally all you have to do. That's literally all you have to do. And if you are the governor of the state of Montana, you should probably follow the mandate that you yourself set up. Because you live and go to sporting events in a county with four or more active COVID cases. Stevie B, you got to wear your mask. Okay, wear it. Come on the show and debate me why you don't wear your mask. I'd love to talk to you, Stevie B. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday, 4 o'clock, Jason Walker Show. Go to jasonwalkershow.com and enjoy all the previous episodes. Love you all. Be safe. Take care. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.